gut. Hello and welcome to Gutted. I'm Elise. And I'm Tony, and we're here to spill our guts about horror films. Thank you for watching and or listening to another episode of Gutted Horror Podcast. If you are new to the podcast, make sure to follow or subscribe so that you can stay up to date on new episodes. You can find us at Gutted Horror Podcast on YouTube, Instagram, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, Stitcher, and Spotify, or on Twitter at Gutted Horror. You can also email us at guttedhorrorpodcast at gmail.com. All right. Thank you for that. Today, we have a very exciting episode for you. Uh, it is our first gut to gut episode in which we review a film and its remake side by side. We will dissect the film looking at uh, differences, similarities, and uh, give a brief synopsis of each and try to decide if the remake can be as good as or better than the original. And today we are continuing with our month of slasher films. And for all the young slasher fans out there, it is a special time of year. It mm -hmm. is prom season. <laughs> yeah. Yay. Well, it it's prom been season. Prom season normally uh, but sadly most high schoolers of the class of 2021 uh may not be able to enjoy their prom in the full-fledged old-fashioned fashion yes uh so this episode is is for those, those this is for young, you young, young adults young horror fans yes. and young promless Promless horror fans. So we feel for you. Instead of going to your prom, you can watch our podcast about proms, about prom night, <laughs> prom night from 1980 and prom night from 2008. Uh, yes. Very excited about this one today. We were going to throw in prom night two from 1987, which we watched last night and it's amazing. It, it wasn't I'll just throw that out I there. Thoroughly enjoyed. Really it. wanted to talk about that, but we'll have to save that for yeah. another episode. Well, yeah, we'll have to. We can't include that in Slasher Month because yeah, it really wasn't. Yeah, <laughs> just to quickly say something about that film because I feel like it something needs to be said about that film. Yeah. Um, it's kind of if you haven't seen it, um, it is sort of like if um, you took elements from your favorite horror movies of the eighties. A and little 70s. bit of and 70s, a little bit of Exor Exorcist, mm -hmm. a little bit of Nightmare on Elm Street, yeah. a little bit of Evil Dead 2, put them into yeah. one, a little bit of Carrie. Carrie's in there. Yeah, a little bit of Carrie. It's like some horror fan uh, just wanted to make an homage film to all their favorite horror films. Yeah. And you can really see elements. Anyway, it's great. But it's more in the supernatural possession subgenre rather than slasher. So tonight we'll only be reviewing Prom Nights from 1980 and 2008. Uh, and we acknowledge that it is a tall order to remake an original classic like Prom Night. Uh, so we're not, we're not trying to... Uh, wish too much upon the remake of Prom Night in yes. 2008. We're just wondering, could could this film be blockbuster shelf worthy? I think if you use those terms, blockbuster shelf worthy, that's the best shot it's got. That's the best because shot. Because there have been so many horror movie remakes yeah. 
And I would say more often than not, they are seen as inferior to the yeah, originals. Yeah. So is this film blockbuster shelf worthy? And keep in mind, <laughs> blockbuster is only so big. There's only one left in the world and it's in Bend, Oregon. In case you ever want to check it out. It's pretty amazing. Uh, but they only have so much shelf space, you know? So is it good enough to be on the shelf next to its 1980 counterpart? Or is it good enough to be in the thumbnail next to its uh, Netflix counterpart? Okay, yeah, fine. If you want to get... Or is it going to be like five pages back, like net, Netflix, Netflix page Netflix eight? Page, page seven, yeah. I said page eight, well, page seven. I, I was more optimistic. Page seven. <laughs> so how are we going to do this? Are we going to, we have a gut to gut episode. Yeah. So we're going to compare them gut to gut. Uh, first, we'll do the synopsis of brief, briefer than we've done in the past, synopsis of the 1980 version. Uh, and then we'll do a brief synopsis of the night or the 2008 version. Mm hmm. And then we will uh, give our little um, opinions about them to see. This is going to be sort of a debate. Kind of like a debate. In a way. Yeah. Back we'll in, see how it goes. We're yeah. not exactly sure how this is going to go. And the whole theme of high school, we're going to do our, our high school debate club. mock trial. <laughs> our best mock trial impression. Prom night 1980 versus prom, prom night 2008. 2008. All right. Uh, and of course, before we begin, we should mention that there will probably be spoilers. In fact, there will be spoilers. So listen at your own risk. And if you haven't seen Prom Night 1980 or Prom Night 2008, watch go those. ahead and pause here. Watch those two movies. Come, come right back. Yeah. yeah. Or just listen along. Or just listen if you don't feel like watching. <laughs> anyway, go ahead. Okay, let's get started. Prom Night 1980. Eleven-year-old friends Wendy, Jude, Kelly, and Nick play a killer version of hide-and-seek after school in an old derelict building. The game is intense and only intensifies when little ten-year-old Robin joins in on the fun as her twin brother Alex and older sister Kim turn back to school. The older kid sees the opportunity to taunt and scare the younger girl and chase her, yelling, Kill! 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 Robin pleads for them to stop. The game turns deadly as the little shits take it too far. Robin accidentally falls from the second story window falling to her death. The four friends, startled and panicked, agree to a pact of silence. Detectives rule the young girl's death as a sexual assault and pin the murder on a local creeper who was later disfigured in a police chase. Fast forward six years to the present. Kim, played by slash queen Jamie Lee Curtis, and the Hammond family are still broken up over the loss of Robin. The four young friends have seen seemed to suppress or forget about the incident and are still friends with Kim, with the exception of Wendy, the main kid instigator who is now Kim's rival. Wendy has not felt much guilt nor remorse for Robin's death and has become the high school hottie with the mean girl attitude. Wendy has recently been dumped by Nick for Kim. Just just as Hamilton High is getting ready for the night of their lives. Prom night. 
And to add to the high school drama, Kim and her beau Nick are set to be crowned king and queen. Jude, who is somewhere between clueless and adventurous, decides to take a short and stocky slick Seymour to prom after being wooed by his bold pickup lines from his pimped out stoner van. Kelly, still meek and weak-willed, toils over the decision to let her boyfriend have sex with her on prom night. Alex, the younger brother, is quiet yet quick-tempered and protective of his older sister Kim. Alex is involved in a scuffle with local butthead Lou after Lou's attempted assault on Kim in the cafeteria, sending both to the principal, who happens to be Kim and Alex's dad, played by Leslie Nielsen. Serious Leslie, not the naked gun Leslie. Butthead Lou is suspended. Alex is given a pass. Meanwhile, the four childhood friends are being stalked by a mysterious killer, calling each and letting them know that they what they did last summer or six years ago. <laughs> In an unsettling ghost face kind of phone call. And local detectives learn that local creeper escaped and they use the opportunity to attend or protect prom goers at Hamilton High anticipating that Creeper is going for revenge on the kids that got him locked up. Wendy sees opportunity to ruin prom for Kim and opts to take loose cannon Lou to prom. Add a quick Saturday Night Fever rehearsal and light up disco dance floor and we are set for the best prom ever. Prom night is in full effect. Disco fever and teenage hormones pervade the Jim Turn Studio 54 on this soon to be night of terror. We have detectives on high alert a murderous stalker in a ski mask on the prowl, and a gang of teenagers breaking every rule in Randy Meek's rules to survive a horror film. The first victim is Kelly after she ultimately decides to refuse sex with her boyfriend, but went enough of the way to get her throat slit with a shard of broken mirror glass. Next, Jude and Slick are terrorized after they get busy in the back of Slick's van. Jude is stabbed in the throat with a glass shard and Slick ends up driving off a cliff after a struggle with the masked killer. Now back at school and armed with an axe, the killer goes after Wendy, where after fighting back and nearly escaping, finds Kelly's dead body in a supply closet. Her deathly scream reveals her position and in this game of hide and seek, it ends with Wendy getting hacked to death. Now moments before crowning prom king and queen, Lou waits for Nick backstage, ties him up and steals his crown, ready to reveal his big prank to the school. The masked killer mistakes Lou for Nick and lops his head off with an axe. Lou's head rolls out onto the stage. The killer is electrocuted when axe swings, hits the power line. Oh yeah, the detectives found out earlier that the local creeper had been caught 60 miles up the road. They're just there for the spiked punch. The disco is now officially dead. Students flee. Cops try to take control of the situation, covering all exits. Inside the gym, Killer comes to and continues to go for Nick as Kim grabs hold of the axe and cracks the ski-masked man in the skull. The stunned Killer locks eyes with Kim and she sees through the mask in a moment of revelation. He stumbles outside with the cops ready to fire as Kim cries out, Don't shoot! and embraces the Killer, removing his mask to reveal... Spoiler alert, that it is in fact the brother Alex. And with his last words, utters, they killed her. They, they killed Robin. And <laughs> great movie. Great flick. Yes. <laughs> nice. Okay. So let's hear about the remake. Yeah. Let's see how close this was. 
<laughs> this remake got to that 1980 version. Prom night 2008. At some point in the mid-aughts, high school freshman of Bridgeport High, Donna Keppel, played by Brittany Snow, returns home from a carefree night out to a grisly scene. Dad and little brother have been murdered, and she barely has enough time to react before she hears her mom screams and another voice quickly moving toward her. She scurries under the bed, unnoticed, just as mom is thrown to the ground beside her. Where is she? screams the voice. She belongs to me. Mom glances over, makes eye contact with her tearful daughter, and uses her final moments to silently say goodbye to her daughter and throw the killer off the scent by declaring, she's at a sleepover. And with that, Mom is off to ride in front of poor Donna. Three years later, our traumatized freshman is now a senior. She's in therapy, but more or less mentally stable. She's living with supportive aunt and uncle and is part of a best friend trio and is in a committed relationship with Bobby. And she is pumped for her senior prom. She's got it all, except parents. While getting her hair done for the big day with her best buddies, Claire and Lisa, the three casually muse about all the mysteries of their promising futures. Will Lisa be crowned prom queen? Will Claire go all the way with Michael? Should Donna go to Brown or attend the state college to be closer to her boo Bobby? Before she can get too lost in thought, she glances outside and spies an eerily familiar figure staring back at her. Could it be? No, he's in jail, but he looks so familiar. Cut to the local police station where Detective Wynn, played by Idris Elba, has just received word from Detective Nash that Richard Fenton, the killer from a case he worked three years ago, has just escaped from prison. Wynn gives his partner and the audience the lowdown on how Fenton, played by Jonathan Shake, was Donna's teacher who developed inappropriate feelings for his student and was eventually fired from his job. But the restraining order put him over the edge and drove him to murder Donna's entire family. Wynn informs aunt and uncle, should they swoop up Donna and leave the state? Nah, let Donna have her day. It is prom after all, a rite of passage in the most important night of a teenager's life. Killer Schmiller. Back at prom, the fun is in full swing and the best of Bridgeport High are ripping it up on the dance floor, watching the video yearbook on the Jumbotron and cradling their Pepsi like it's scotch on the rocks. True to all coming-of-age dramas, the night is full of laughter, relationship woes, catty remarks about that bitch Chrissy, and after high school anxiety. Will we ever see each other again? Likely not, because this is not a coming-of-age drama, it's a horror movie, and oh yeah, there's a killer on the loose. And our killer is racking up quite the body count. Two hotel employees, Claire and Michael, and a cat and mouse chase that ends tragically for our would-be prom queen, Lisa. And before Ronnie could propose, aww. Finally, the cops shut that shit down. Prom is over. Everyone outside. And everyone surprisingly abides, except for the one person who should, Donna. While searching for her best buddy, Lisa, she finally comes face to face with Fenton. Ah! Just when she was getting on with her life, but Donna's a pro at this now and knows that all you need to get away from an obsessive lunatic is a Jack and Jill bathroom in the underside of a bed until Idris Elba can come to the rescue. 
He saves the girl, but that sneaky Fenton is nowhere to be found. No matter, he'll turn up. In the meantime, Donna and her boyfriend Bobby are whisked away to the last place Fenton would ever think to look, Donna's house. Not the best idea, Idris. But at least Fenton gets to add a couple notches to his body count. Detective Nash, no-name cop, and BF Bobby. No! At least now Donna doesn't have to go to state. Spurred to action by this last death and a slowly approaching shadow, from the hallway, Donna seeks refuge under the bed? No, to the closet where Fenton emerges from the coat hangers and seizes that long-awaited embrace. But Donna's not having it. She bites his hand and engages in some foot-to-face combat on the floor until Idris finally arrives and shoots Fenton in the chest. But this cop's not taking any chances on a sequel and fires six more times just to make sure Fenton has terrorized his last teenager and ruined his last prom. Aunt and uncle embrace the re-traumatized Donna and silently ponder daily therapy sessions for the rest of their niece's life. Okay. That was prom night 2008. <laughs> <laughs> uh, initial impressions. Initial impressions. Should we start with start the original? Let's start with 1980. Yeah. Let's start with the original. Mm-hmm. Prom night 1980. Um, I enjoyed it. I think that goat kind of uh, that was expected. You know, though, I had seen it already many years ago. I think I probably saw it when I was maybe in elementary or middle school with my cousins again. Those cousins. Those cousins. Uh, And probably not long after I saw Halloween. Mm -hmm. And so I think because Jamie Lee Curtis was in both of those, I was, I had high hopes for prom night and Mm -hmm. that disco scene, man, I was just not appreciating it as like a 10 year old. So what is this? Yeah, I can see as a 10 year old in the nineties when you watched it. Yeah. uh, I can imagine that that disco scene was maybe boring. It was boring. But as an adult... I loved the disco. I enjoyed the music. I actually did enjoy it a lot more watching it this I time. I enjoyed the dancing. I enjoyed the light up dance floor. I loved Jamie Lee's moves. I'm just like, She's girl, a great dancer. She was. She had some high kicks. I was very impressed with her Very kicks. fluid. Yeah. And, at, and when I was like 10, I was just like, this sucks. And, and the disco lasts for a very long time. And you're just kind of like waiting. Where's that killer? You know, just <laughs> chop them already. Uh, but I also... Um, appreciated all the different um, points of view of teenagers at prom. Like mm-hmm. Kelly has a very different view of prom than Wendy does and very different than Kim. Mm-hmm. And so it's like all the different scenarios that could happen to you, mostly if you're a female at prom, they, you got to see them. Yeah. Yeah. I also uh, enjoyed uh, I kind of said it in my synopsis, and even though it didn't really make a ton of sense, but there's that sort of, I know what you did last summer, all the something bad happened in everyone's past, and they're all sort of, uh, they've kept the secret. And yeah. they've, it seems like they've kind of forgotten or maybe just suppressed it, or maybe they're just really good at keeping secrets because no, Kim had no clue that her friends were all responsible yeah. for her sister's death. Mm-mm. And I mean, I could see at one point, Kelly definitely, it seems like the repressing kind of type. Yeah. And although she repressed it, I feel like it, it still affected her. Jude 
that girl, I mean, she's just like not a care in the world. Jude, yeah. She, I, like, that's she, why I kind of saw her as maybe a little somewhere not, in between clueless and adventurous. Yeah, like not playing with a full deck of cards. Sweet, but uh, she's down dumb. to uh, just get picked up by some dude in the van yeah. outside the road. And she even acknowledges it. She's like, oh, I don't know. They talk about people like you. Should I get in your van? Sure. Okay. <laughs> yeah, let's hop in and see what's going on. But, and then it ends up taking them to prom. And they end up being a great couple, a great, probably the, healthy yeah, probably couple. the healthiest healthy. couple. Couple couple so sad that they yeah. short-lived couple but no. healthy yeah short and sweet mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and then uh nick he seemed like the only character who actually had felt some sort of remorse yeah and tried to actually fess up he has that moment on the beach during recess when they're walking along the bluff what kind of high school is this this is a cool high school yeah. hamilton high hamilton high where's this bluff in canada though i don't know but i want to go i want to go to high school near a <laughs> movie magic yeah the canadian bluffs yeah. in edmonton yeah the canadian bluffs of edmonton okay <laughs> that's where it was filmed i looked it up oh okay great well, if, no if, need you're to from, fact if you're from Edmonton, please let us know if there are such bluffs. And yeah, and uh, it does. I would say it does. Uh, there's a little bit of uh, the backstory first uh, where we have the kids. And mm -hmm. I mean, I, I did think the shots through the derelict building or that sort of like rundown school. Cool, they cool found location. a really cool. Yeah, a really cool films that um, everything looked really great i mean nothing seemed like it was um staged yeah. or built yeah. that seemed like an actual location which yeah. i think makes the um a, a set or a location that much better what a great find you don't have to build this that it came to you yeah it's almost like when um we were so we when we were looking in a previous episode at child's play they found a derelict building that was set to be demolished and so the um you know they were the production was told that they can do whatever they, they want and of course they, they they blew it up yeah but uh it seemed like one of those finds mm -hmm. um, they didn't blow this one up this one again they definitely up. utilized it maybe they, they, broke, a they window. broke a few windows although the window might have already been broken yeah yes anyway they threw a kid out the window. They threw, yeah, great. Anyway. So we get a little bit of that backstory we and do. then we get um, the sort of setup for prom. You kind of see where updating each of the characters, where they're at now, what their personalities like, um, who they're taking to prom, the sort of anticipation of what's going down with prom and everyone's excited, um, yet still mourning or still uh, at least the kim's family is still kind of uh grieving over the loss of their daughter yeah they still visit that little tombstone every so often yeah um and i really appreciated the there seemed to be some italian horror influences i was thinking specifically definitely of, um maybe some tenebre or tenebre depending on how you want to pronounce it uh influences <laughs> when you gotta say with some sort of italian tenebre. accent tenebre. there you go some tenebre <laughs> influences uh where the killer in denebre would whisper his words of um terror right like, spy spy and i was getting a scream ghost face vibe too with those phone calls ghost face calls and also kind of uh i know what you did last summer vibes short of hearing last summer the killer says i know what you did yeah and actually that was a good impression thank you maybe please is the <laughs> and the podcast killer uh anyway 
I really appreciated that, that whisper technique. And, um, when, especially during that cat and mouse chase with Wendy and the killer and, Mm -hmm. um, and he's whispering kill, kill, kind of like, um, the four children in the beginning are, are chanting kill, kill, kill. And then poor Robin falls out the window. Um, really good parallel. Yeah. Kids are so creepy. Kids are creepy. This anyway, is so. this is why I think I made this comment when, when we were watching the movie. I was like, this is why we have helicopter parents these days. Yeah. It's because of moments like this. Kids are just doing yeah. whatever they want. Creepy kids hanging out in an abandoned building. End up forcing their friends. Playing murder, out the murder killer games. Oh, yeah. I mean, to be fair, I think I played those games, too. They're fun. <laughs> it's not fun I'm unless someone almost dies. I'm starting to get dies. scared about, <laughs> do I know my own wife? <laughs> maybe she has a dark and mysterious past of course i do who doesn't <laughs> right guys right guys right anyway right uh so that was prom night it was thoroughly enjoyed yeah especially as an adult didn't appreciate it as a kid maybe because there were kid killers and i was like oh this hits too close to home not that i'm a kid killer anyway you keep alluding to i know cut this out this is gonna get cut for sure <laughs> <laughs> yeah and it's also it's kind of cool in a time capsule way to see uh prom in the 70s prom although the, 70s. the movie came out in 1980 it's but, shot in 1979 you know you know some cities are a little they're a few years behind they're they're not just you know you know new york is probably like you know disco is happening in yeah new the early york was 70s, already into the spray in edmonton hair. disco is probably popular in 1980 yeah after so, discos it was neat to see a uh slightly post uh 70s disco yeah. party yeah it was pretty cool mm-hmm. i i think that um the prom scene and the disco soundtrack was a highlight of the yeah, film for it me it was for sure and while we're not going to deeply discuss prom night 2 that took place uh that was that came out in 1987, I believe. It mm-hmm. was neat again to see, like almost a decade later, prom in the 80s. What does prom look what like prom in, the in the 80s? Which looked a lot cooler, I think, if I had to choose. I would want to yes. go to prom in the 80s. King and queen fun. were determined via computer, and you had this sort of computer hacker, real genius yeah, guy. All digitized. Ding, 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 ding. Yeah. Anyway, we didn't, we didn't, we haven't seen just like quick, we haven't seen prom night three or Or four four. so Mm -hmm. we'll see like later i think we'll go watch those and see maybe we'll find out what prom looked like in the 90s 90s. but we do know what prom looks like in In the the aughts aughts, the 2008 (laughs) so let's talk about 2008 remake uh let's hear tony's impressions of this one first okay i think it's um this is not going to be a surprise that I was um, thoroughly underwhelmed by this film. <laughs> However, Elisa's made it her mission to convince me that this film deserves to be on the blockbuster yeah, on the DVD shelf. shelf. Not if she not was gonna... an employee of Blockbuster, it would be in her staff pick. It would not be in my staff picks. Okay, okay? she's it not just, shooting it that It would high. be on the shelf. Buddy. On the shelf. Okay, on the shelf. <laughs> we we don't want to shoot for the moon here. Oh, no, I'm not being unrealistic here. Okay. Um, but and honestly, this movie had hardly any relation to the 1980 version besides the fact that it took place during prom yeah and i think and there's a killer well it uh, isn't the high school also the same name hamilton it's not it's bridgeport oh that's right 
Yeah. I thought that was a connection. I thought that was a connection too, but it's not. It also seemed like one of the teachers who was uh, like with chaperone of prom seemed like they focused on her character a little more than I thought they should. And I was thinking, oh, maybe she was in one of the original prom nights. She's not. not. No, no connection. Really no connection. So really the only connection (laughs) to the original is that it's happens on prom and it has the same title so they could yeah. have named this movie something. prom death they could have yeah like or like night of our lives night of prom yeah if they named it night of prom night of prom then it would just not be a remake yeah. at all it would be something mm-hmm. that's influenced by or like deadly corsage deadly corsage I, I, I like that thank you i feel like they really should try to have named it something else because it really just disappointed fans who thought it was going to be a remake and it wasn't. So I really try to think of this film as its own thing and not in any way connected to the 1980 version starring Jamie Lee Curtis, who we all know and love as horror fans. Yeah. Okay. That, that leads me to some thoughts that I I think we'll get into in a bit, but I did want to, before we start this sort of debate um, sort of thing, just kind of go over, um, you know, I want to give the film a little bit of credit. I, I do like to kind of put some initial judgments behind and try to see like good sides of things mm-hmm. as well as bad. Um, I think it's really easy to just bash a film um, without giving it a little something, even yeah. if it's like, I mean, we're, we're horror fans. We're not looking for like Oscar worthy, although when it happens, it's great. It's great. Um, yeah. But we're we're okay with those, you know, those subpar. Yeah, we're if okay it has with a plot holes. If it's has a like one point seven out of ten on Rotten Tomatoes, then we're like, who cares? We're still gonna watch it. Yeah, yeah. You know, if I if there were some things that I would uh, note that I enjoyed about it, I would say it um, really made me want to go to Las Vegas. <laughs> man you want to go to las vegas <laughs> yeah <laughs> i got it it's uh, i mean nostalgic for me of course for that sort of like um i mean these were pretty aughts. fancy high schoolers i think chrissy the like there's some nostalgia the, the for me snotty uh cheerleader who wants to be prom queen and loses to lisa she's like i paid a hundred thousand dollars for this prom like, oh my goodness girl who is your dad? <laughs> so the reason why I say it reminds me of Vegas is um, because, yeah, that it's like they went way over the top in yeah. that sort of in the era of that time. I think about um, some of the um, popular TV shows that were on around that time, like the Dawson's OC. Creek. The OC. Dawson's Creek was maybe That's, early aughts. Okay. So but the OC where everything, you know, like everybody's rich and everybody's like over the top. And then we get those reality shows like Laguna Beach. We're all like the, celebrities. The reality show with those um, high schoolers that just go to the beach. Yeah. During you class. got that Lindsay Lohan style. And, mm-hmm. um, so, it, you know, reminded me of that time. And, you know, at that time, I also uh, remember taking um, a lot of trips to Vegas. I think we were at that age where we were like, let's go to a club. Yeah. Cause you just saw swingers and they're like, oh, they did Swing- it. They no, drove to. Oh, that's right. Yeah. They drove to Vegas. That's more like night. swanky Vegas, though. But it reminds me of that time. And so I have this sort of um, nostalgic feeling for that era where uh, people kind of 
all wanted to live the Lindsay Lohan lifestyle, mm. Paris Hilton, the mm. OC, and everyone's a celebrity and they're hanging out the limo. And as they walk into prom, they have the red carpet and everyone's taking photos. Um, so that I actually enjoyed. Okay. Uh, I would say that I also enjoyed the fact that I thought it was, uh, there were a lot of kind of like funny moments. Yeah. <laughs> um, there's that sort of Owen Wilson-esque character who kind of one dies of the, this meaningless the death. Hotel, and it's one of the hotel kind of funny. workers. He's supposed to go check on Maria, the, the, how, the um, hotel maid who's gone missing. Wonder what happened to her. So this <laughs> Owen Wilson lackey has to go find Maria and yeah, he, he dies in like a screaming close up, and you're just like, yeah. <laughs> was anybody else on set this day besides him? Because it's just like a close up of his face. Maybe they filmed it somewhere else. They filmed it off set somewhere. They're like, oh, we're gonna get we Jonathan to come kill. in today. We need more body count. Yeah. Let's let's just get this guy come and on, film it. Owen Wilson. Yeah, um, I would also say you know pros for the remake. Um, you can't. It's hard to watch anything and not be happy that Idris Elba's in the movie. Yeah, you're like, wow, this really, um, the the quality of this film just kind of really got elevated with Idris Elba. Yeah, and I think this must have been maybe after he did The Wire, so he's still sort of in that sort of... Yeah. Well, he played a, a bad guy in that one, but he's... But he was cool. And cool, he had, like, yeah. kind of this, like, claim to fame with, like, wasn't he also in Luther? And that, Luther, that yeah. That show went on for a long time. Although I never got too into Luther. I know you've watched a few episodes, a few of, Luther, episodes but, of Luther. I mean, Idris Elba is just cool. Yeah, he has, cool. Like, he has a cool presence. Yeah. And you're like, oh, he's the detective? Oh, he's going to solve this quick. That was an upgrade from the 1980s detective who's just kind of, like, Very whatever forgettable. guy. And he's just, like, there to have some spiked punch at prom. Yeah. Like, what are you doing, dude? Yeah. There's a creepy pervert killer on the loose. That is definitely one of the main negatives about the 1980 version, the original, is that the whole detective plot really doesn't go anywhere. And it's it's like they kind of mention um, that like, oh, this must have been a sexual assault. I yeah. don't know if the kids like told the detectives that I can't remember exactly. No, so after Robin died, like, oh, this must have been a sexual. They jumped to that conclusion. They just jumped to it. They're like, yeah, this was, and then they arrest like, did someone. You do, and did you do a forensics? I guess maybe they couldn't in the seventies. Who knows? They had this sort of almost like um, later. You kind of see this uh, news report or something of a car that had flipped off the road and was engulfed in flames and like there we got our guy well because he was a he was a local pervert and so they just assumed that well dead kid local pervert put two and two together he must have done it and then they put another piece together where they were like uh the disfigured pervert escapes he escapes and he does so he must be going to prom so let's go to prom and the funny thing is at the very end they're like but what happened to that local pervert like who knows (laughs) case for another movie that's funny yeah they kind of draw i think the whole reason for that whole detective setup thing was for one to kind of like throw red herring although it wasn't a very good one and oh wait no they do catch the pervert huh? they catch him 60 miles up the road oh, or something right. like that because they they um mm-hmm. tell the detective at one point i think a detective comes up to him and it's like i just wanted to tell you in person we got our guy yeah. 60 miles up the road yeah. and then he's like oh great all right let's go get some yeah. more punch Wrapped up in the but 
you need all of those cops there at the end for that like final showdown. Mm -hmm. So I think it's just sort of a plot device to have the cops there at the school. Yeah. Which if you think about it, I mean, the whole ending is kind of dark because the cops don't ever actually shoot Alex. No. But Alex dies. And yeah, he got electrocuted. But I think what did him in was the blunt force trauma yeah. by Jamie Lee Curtis. And she didn't get him sister. with the sharp side of the axe. She got him with she the dull side. She blunted him with an axe. So he's kind of dazed and stumbling. Yeah. So he and one of the like, things that I thought was actually like kind of a really great moment of this film um, and something that you rarely see in movies is that Jamie Lee could see her brother's eyes through the mask. Yeah, he didn't have to reveal. She just... No she Christian just Bale situation here where it's like he obviously has that little thin lip mouth and no one knows he's Batman some some reason. <laughs> None of that. She saw right through. She saw her brother's Those eyes. Those are my brother's with eyes. With the ski mask on. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I feel like I would know it was you if you were wearing a ski mask. <laughs> like, if you like, come at me. What if I talked in the Batman voice? That's that's no, my best Batman. I mean, that's my there best was Batman no Batman. There was the kill, kill voice. That's You're true. Like, Alice, I'm gonna get you <laughs> a present for your birthday. There was a going back to the 1980s. I know we're talking about the remake, but I'm just like you know thinking about um, some of the shots that I that I loved. Um, there was that really great shot where um, Wendy, she's being, she's in the cat and mouse game, and she's. Um, hiding behind she's hiding something like a locker or something yeah. something with the reflective surface you and you see, see her eyes. eyes and you see the reflection of her eyes yeah. and they kind of linger on the shot yeah. very, uh, very very italian yes yeah. very um Tenebre. very Tenebre. argento mm -hmm. yes focus on the eyes she's got that thick eyeliner she's kind of got that italian model yeah. look and what i liked okay just a little comparison there there is a cat and mouse mouse chase in both versions so in the 1980 version it's wendy this very unsavory character mm -hmm. but even though she's so unlikable you actually are rooting for her in this cat and mouse chase and so that's very interesting to like really hope that this kind of bad person makes it because she's putting up a great fight mm. um and then in the 2008 version it's lisa the one who gets prom queen but dies before she can know yeah, it that's pretty sad i know uh she's put giving it her all too and she just realizes that oh my gosh this guy in this baseball hat that's the <laughs> creepy teacher <laughs> that's yes. been obsessing over my friend and killed her whole family i have to go warn my friend so she like she leaves her boyfriend Ronnie just as he's about to propose on prom night. Just kind of out of nowhere, he pulls out a yeah. engagement ring, and he's like, like "The writers oh, are like, it, we need to add one more layer to this to make it even more sad. He was about to propose, <laughs> which guys Poor don't Ronnie. don't propose on prom night. It's although because he did that moral, virtuous, I don't know, innocent gesture, he survived the night. Yeah, I mean, even though he was going to break a Randy rule. Uh, he had intentions for marital sex. So it's like <laughs> intended marital sex, not pre-marital sex uh, completely. Kelly in the original, she refused she sex, refused although sex. they did fool around a little bit. Yeah, she oh, she was just so fragile, like this She's tiny the little follower. glass figurine. Yeah. And uh, she was like, should I, shouldn't I, should I, I don't know. And she ultimately decides not to, and she's offed anyway. Yep. Mm, sad. sad. Poor, poor Kelly. Uh, okay, so let's um, let's talk about or 
I want to hear some of your reasons why the remake deserves to be on that blockbuster shelf. With a different title, perhaps, it deserves to be <laughs> on that blockbuster shelf because I commend it for being PG-13. Mm. The rating, I felt, um, I'm always impressed when there is a horror movie that is PG-13 because mm. you immediately, when you hear it, you're like, oh, that's not going to be good. That's immediately what I thought yeah, when I found out that it was PG-13. Pull all the punches. They're not going to go for it. It's going to, it's a kid movie. No gore. No gore. The They had like sort of like slashed throats, but there was no blood really. Mm. Um, some of the, some of the kills were implied. I'm, I'm always very impressed when a, a movie tries to go for it and they go for that PG-13 rating and they still try to make it a horror movie. And I think I read that with the exception of, uh, I think, Cry Wolf, with which came out in 2005, I, I think that might have been PG-13 with the exception of that movie. This was one of the first movies to be a PG-13 rated slasher. That's really hard to do to mm. make a slasher horror film PG-13. It's easier know. to make um PG-13 um ghost, story. ghost stories yeah. because there isn't a whole ton of gore in those. Right. But to be so bold as to make a PG-13 slasher movie, yeah. it's really kind of setting yourself up for failure so i feel like it's commendable that they went for it yeah and that just tells me that the studio was trying to gear this towards teenagers and and it makes sense because it's it like a, it's almost presented as a coming of age drama because they're going over all these very typical high school things like oh claire and michael are in a fight he doesn't want her to move too far away from him because he's very possessive and you there are unfortunately those very possessive relationships in high school. Yeah. And then there are also the healthy relationships in high school. And that's almost worse. Would that because be Ronnie and No. Um, well, yeah, I guess they were healthy. But Bobby and Donna, uh, Bobby was almost too good to be true. He was so supportive. He's like, go to Brown, girl. I mean, like, how often are you gonna get these chances to to get accepted to Brown? So Don't is he the state. Dawson's Creek guy He's, that you were mentioning before? Uh I don't know if I honestly didn't really watch Dawson's Creek <laughs> too much. I watched a few episodes, but anyway, Bobby's just like this perfect all-American boyfriend, really supportive of Donna and her trauma and her getting into Brown. And uh, and she's like, I'm going to stay. I'm going to go to state because I want to be close to you. And he's like, no, we got to go to Brown. And she's like, okay. Um, <laughs> okay, I have okay, to go fine. to Brown. And then you have the the catty clicks, like Chrissy and Lisa just have some beef with one another. And this Lisa's is like, very Laguna yeah, Beach OC exactly. and mean like, girls. And so these are the influences her, of yeah, this. They're like, why do you care so much about Chrissy getting, you know, about you getting prom queen? And Lisa's like, because it's the purpose of it. Chrissy doesn't deserve it because she's not nice and all this stuff. So typical high school drama. Mm -hmm. with the undercurrent of there's a killer on the loose and mm -hmm. for a pg-13 movie he has quite the body count he's i think he ends up ends up killing 13 people in the movie that is quite the body count yeah maybe he's included in that 13 who knows um but he goes with for some it. of the hotel staff being totally yeah. unnecessary in my opinion but that just, just is like a testament to his, like, you know, his lunacy. He's just <laughs> like this madman with a black hat trying to get his, 
his oh, love, yes. Donna. And I'm like, why Donna? Well, she had great Which they grades. never explained. No, he was her teacher. And he's like, I love Donna. <laughs> yeah, they just, just right off the bat, like first couple minutes of the movie, actually first seconds of the movie, he's just like, where's Donna? Yes. And I, I was thinking first, was like, is he, the, is he like a deranged boyfriend or something? And then it's later like, oh, he's, he's the, the teacher. This Marilyn Manson teacher looking teacher. Obsessed. I'm like, okay, who hired this guy? With Charles this long Manson looking teacher, right, not Marilyn. This that would actually Charles have been great if he had funny. the one like blue eye and he had the white makeup. That would have been <laughs> and, amazing. And the breasts, that would have been great. But no, he looks like some sort of third rate Charles Manson. He's a third rate charles manson and i'm just like the shaggy long hair and he but he goes incognito he shaves the long after hair after he beard, breaks out of prison he shaves his head puts on the puts discreet on the black, black baseball cap no he's got one, the five o'clock shadow and the chiseled jaw and no the one deep is the wiser except for lisa when she bumps into him it really did seem like a uh like a coming of age drama mm -hmm. uh with a veil of horror attached to it mm -hmm. um which in that case maybe it is like a nice initiation of horror for younger people mm -hmm. uh maybe people because i started watching when i was like you know in elementary school but not everyone does you know some people start when they're so in maybe high a school, middle schooler middle school high dreaming school. about prom yeah and they're like you know what i'm ready to watch some more horror movies and in that case prom night 2008 is a great pick. It really seemed like uh, someone took their own high school experience at prom and then put a layer of horror on top. Yeah. So what if what if your high school prom experience had a layer <laughs> of horror on top? I really just want to hear Tony's story about his prom. Oh yeah, my my prom experience <laughs> was absolutely horrible. <laughs> um, I I did go to two different school proms because I went to one school for two years mm. and then I went to another school for two years. Like twice the fun. Yeah. Twice the horror movie. The, the school that I was currently attending, um, where I was you know actually enrolled, that prom was was fine. It was fun. Mm. I had a good time. Um, the prom to the school that I had moved away from was a nightmare. Um, I, it was in another city. So, you know, I was spending a night at my best friend's house and uh, we were like getting ready at the same time. We got our suits and we got haircuts at the same time. And uh, before prom, when we were getting a haircut um, and I just, I don't know if it was like whatever we ate for lunch or what, um, I got immensely sick and I was like puking in the, dry in the parking lot and um you know i thought maybe it was just like i don't know so i ate something and got sick so i, I was like whatever didn't really think much of it went to prom um and at my high school's prom we started at the school where we, everyone was taking photos and then they were going to bus everybody to another location where the actual like dance and party was and i was just like still feeling really sick and um met my prom date there um and which is kind of i mean it's kind of odd it didn't like no limo not, nothing fancy for sure uh, met her there and we took our pictures i looked so ill in the pictures Sallow, and i was just fighting and struggling to get through even just that little bit Try like hoping not to that vomit in the picture <laughs> hoping not to yeah and just or like worse. or worse and just thinking like all right maybe it'll pass it didn't i ended up in the bathroom just stuff coming out of every every which orifice. way yeah. yes yeah. and um i had to have her 
my date's mom, who was volunteering as one of the chaperones, take me back to my uh, friend's house where I uh, continued to be sick for the rest of the night. And she was pretty upset about it. You ruined her daughter's best night of her life. I ruined, yes, I ruined her daughter's night, Magical but moment. at least no one was murdered at this prom. So. No, but now I'm thinking, okay, if you wanted to write a horror movie of your prom and put a little horror veil on top, I'm thinking like contagion, you know, like I'm thinking it's going to break flesh eating virus outbreak. No, starting with you as patient zero. No, it's going to be more like Cuso, but at prom. Okay, I don't think that many people have seen Guso. But for those who have, that's what it's going to be like. <laughs> no, I'm voting for uh, Outbreak, like insane, rabid outbreak, flesh-eating virus mm. at prom. And those who did not come in contact with you are going to have to like seal themselves in like the bathroom or the DJ booth. Uh, yeah. And it's going to be like a, like a breakfast club, but with like zombies mm. or a flesh-eating virus. Well, what was your prom like? I mean, it was fine. I took the bus. <laughs> took the bus to prom. All my friends were in a limo and I was like, I don't want to pay for that. It's expensive. Taking yeah. the bus by myself. <laughs> so as teenagers watching these movies about prom, I guess it's kind of nice to fantasize like, oh, this prom, it's a, like in a Vegas style club and everybody's having a great time. They yeah. have these infinite confetti bombs going off. Yeah. Or you got the disco, like the You know what? Now that I'm floors. thinking about it. I'm thinking this movie was written by someone who had a crappy prom, like Tony, stuck in the bathroom, or like me. Which movie? This 2008, 2008 version. Okay. Yeah. This was written by somebody who had a, a crappy prom, and they're like trying to like vicariously live their prom, their failed prom life through this movie, but they're a little bit bitter. They don't want everyone to have fun. So they just kill everyone They off. kill them all. Yeah. Yeah. I see your I, point. I'm thinking about it and I'm like, you know what? I didn't have that like, you know, magical prom moment. I wasn't like, oh, am I going to like, you know, have all this fun stuff and <laughs> blah, blah, blah. No, I took a bus. It was still fun. But mine the, was not fun The at DVD all. player on my bus was broken. We were supposed to watch it. Oh, we were supposed to watch a prom movie. night on the way to the prom. I wish, you know, but the DVD player was broken. And so I'm stuck talking. To my peers on the bus without watching, I don't know, was it? It wasn't a big thing to bus all the students out to the prom location. I think maybe that was just to curb like drinking and driving. Yeah, you know, that's smart. Yeah, because we saw Lou in prom night. He was just chugging a bottle of whiskey. Highly irresponsible. Super irresponsible. Yeah. Um, They had a limo in 2008. Although you know what, paparazzi style. If you took the bus to prom, you could have had like a like a Jeepers Creepers part two situation wasn't like in part two where they're on a bus i don't remember they, that movie they, one that bit. jeepers creeper guy gets them all don't remember yeah so that's gonna happen that would happen in my movie the prom night remake the problem that i had with it wasn't anything about um so much the characters or this ex- experience of prom for these young people or the fact that it was a pg-13 movie geared towards young people the thing that i um was not a fan of was that it seemed to uh, be more about the the crime drama. It seemed like an episode of CSI Miami to me. If they called it CSI Prom Night Edition, the movie, I'd be like, oh, this is cool. It's got Idris Elba. He's like trying to catch the killer. And the killer is this sort of like um, really kind of um, he's like a 
a creepy gray man kind of he's like just incognito he's got the sunken in eyes and uh he didn't really do it for me as a stalker killer because it was so like overtly in like he is almost like a cartoon version of a stalker in a baseball cap mm. but you know i remember him that actor from playing like the jerk in that thing you do and he played a really good jerk so to me it almost seemed like yeah what if that jerk from that thing you do when became a teacher and went overboard with his obsession for a student. He played a good jerk in that thing you do. I think he played like a decent killer in prom night 2008. I mean, he was definitely um, stalkery. Yeah. He had that moment where he was crying because he saw Donna kissing Bobby and a tear fell down his cheek. It just seemed like, yeah. No, it's, I it, didn't do it either. No, it seemed like, um, no, it didn't. The um, He was all for that tear loves Donna so much. It just seemed like, uh, for one, the um, people who remade the movie didn't quite understand what was working for the for the new movie, or you know just what, or like maybe even didn't see it. That's what I'm thinking. They probably didn't know that there was another. They're prom like, night. oh shit! There's another movie called Prom and Night. Well, they whatever. They got in the, the post production. They already made previews, and they're like, we can't change it now. <laughs> do just go for it maybe maybe people forgot that there was a prom night. <laughs> and then like i guess this has to be a horror movie it was going to be a crime drama it was gonna be a lifetime movie you know yeah <laughs> i really got a lifetime movie sense because i have seen a lot of lifetime movies and i'm not ashamed to say it and a lot of them involve obsession okay so i should ask um what were your opinions about britney snow our main character uh i I think that poor Brittany Snow gets stereotyped or pigeonholed into these roles where she's just this like innocent, sweet girl next door, just really has her life together, even though all these bad things are happening, like her parents and little brother are murdered. And she's still like, you know, so like even keeled and perfect. I want her to lose it in a movie. And maybe I haven't this seen This could have movies. been the perfect opportunity the for perfect her to lose it. Chance but to lose it. she has this, she has this intense trauma. She sees she's a foot away from her mom being yeah. stabbed to death. And she goes to one therapy session and is magically you know, fine. She, she probably went down She didn't seem broken. She did, didn't seem late. to have anything lingering in I the past. I was really bothered by this therapist who was like, anyway, forget about your recurring nightmares of your trauma. Let's talk about prom. What's your dress look like? I'm like, whoa, lady, read the room. This girl is like, <laughs> she's really suppressing, trying to hide her deep-rooted trauma. And therapist wants to talk about her dress and where she's going to go to college who cares <laughs> lady anyway there is a lot of opportunity to do some nice stuff with the I remake really but ultimately want, i wanted britney's character to be more broken yes i did too i wanted her to go ballistic on i did, i agree i would have loved it if she had like a she just like launches on him like a ghoulie and does the whole thumb and the eyes gouging out scene that's what she needed to do it 100 agreed she had been waiting for this moment for three years she had been having recurring nightmares of that fateful night for three years you can't tell me she didn't think about a million ways to kill fenton and get her revenge i mean she does have that really cool like kickboxing like 
foot to the face moment where she's like really smacking him in the face, but that's it. I wanted her to just go animalistic, crazy on him. And she didn't. She didn't. She didn't get to. And I'm really, you know what? The director uh, really missed that opportunity. He still could have kept it PG-13. Mm-hmm. There could have been implied eyes being gouged out. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I wanted her to have her moment and not give it to, I mean, Idris is cool, but I didn't want him to have that moment where he gets to fire seven shots into Fenton's chest and save the day. I wanted Brittany to do something besides a tame little bite, a couple foot. That's foot true. I, I mean, I, I was kind of expecting Idris's character to um, to get killed and you kind were? of well, you know, like he's about to save the day, and then no, um, this the is killer. A lifetime movie. He's well, gonna... I'm saying what I was hoping for. <laughs> um, he's about to save the day, and maybe he shoots the killer, but then the killer comes back and um, kills Idris, and yeah. then it's like the killer. Fenton, yeah, I can't even remember Fenton. the name of the killer. Yeah. Fenton versus uh, Donna. Donna, and um, then Donna has that big moment She's like, where there's she. There's no one here to save me but me. Yeah, that would have been. Better. I'm gonna bite his cheek off and scoop out his eyes with a melon baller. That would have been better. They didn't do it. No. Um, I mean, they were they were restricted within the PG-13 rating, which I get. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I do feel like there were some, there were still some missed opportunities with that film. But even with that being, with all that being said, I still feel like it deserves a spot on my blockbuster shelf for those teenagers who want to rent a horror movie, but their parents put that restriction on there because they're only 16. And they're like, well, I really want to see a horror movie, but I, all I can rent is Prom Night 2008. I guess I'll do it. <laughs> So that's why I'm keeping it stocked on my shelf. How about mm. you? Um, I still am holding firm. I'm not putting You're not that... letting it on your shelf? No. I I think mm-hmm. if there was a lifetime section at the Blockbuster... You don't get a lifetime section at Blockbuster. <laughs> it would make it there. Gonna block it. You're thinking of Hollywood video. You gotta go across the street. I just think of of like, you know, the countless horror movie remakes... Um, that have been made that have just uh, soiled the names of their mm. original. And I, I I will admit that I am biased um, as I feel many horror fans are biased towards the originals. Yeah. I feel like we like to keep these movies, like, we like to hold them close. Yeah. They are sacred. They're like yeah. our little babies. We want to yeah. keep them close. Uh, we don't want them to be Jaws. remade. You can't remake Jaws. We call it Orca. And call it put a killer whale in there instead. See if you remade Actually, Jaws Orca. and called it Deep Blue Sea, then now it's a good movie. <gasps> You're right. If they had called Deep Blue Sea Jaws, I think we would have been you would have hated maybe it. pissed. But I mean, Samuel L. Jackson is in it, and he has a great character and scene. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. So I, so for me, it's like almost like a slap in the face. Mm-hmm. They're trying to slap the name of yeah. Prom Night on this movie that is not. worthy of the name it it did miss the mark but i would still give it a spot and maybe put it in like a little tiny pg-13 tiny aisle like a half aisle for pg-13 horror movies Mm. that way parents can be like go over there it's like if you go to the library and there's the um the young adult section young adult yes like i really loved reading fear street by rl stein Mm -hmm. i loved those books but it was too much for me to get, you know, get deep into Stephen King 
when I was 10. So I, I read R.L. Stein Fear Street. Mm. Uh, I feel like this is like R.L. Stein Fear Street uh, compared to Prom Night 1980. I think about the the whole argument about, well, this is a movie that the parents might allow their kids to watch. And I don't really go for that argument as well because... Um, kids will find a way. Kids will find a way. Yeah. We just went through a few movies that we watched mm -hmm. when we were in elementary but school. But what if they don't have cousins to let them watch these amazing <laughs> movies? For all those kids that don't have cousins, they need... They need they need that PG kid 13. on the block. There's always yeah. if there's not a cousin, there's a kid who lives down the street. Okay. Who maybe the parents are working all the time, and so you go over to that kid's house, and that's where you watch the rated yeah. R movies. All right. So you're you're staunchly not letting Prom Night 2008 on your blockbuster. Shelf. I would say if I had to um, pit it against, and I know this is maybe not fair, but if I had to look at all of the remakes I've ever seen of any horror movie. And there have been way too many where I'm just like, I don't even want to see it yeah. because I know it's going to be bad. Um, I would say that this ranks very low mm -hmm. on my scale of yeah. a horror movie remake. Mm -hmm. Yeah. When comparing it to other remakes, it is pretty low on the totem pole, but I'm not comparing it to other remakes. I'm putting it in my own <laughs> sub aisle of Blockbuster. Okay. If I, you put it in a I sub aisle. I still believe that there are... There are kids who need to watch PG-13 horror movies before they're allowed to watch. The I think they're a lot better with PG-13, although it's hard for me to think off the top of my head. This is but one of the few I would rather. Though. I would rather have, I would rather my kid, if I was like, I want you to be a horror fan when you grow up. Like, here's Texas Chainsaw. Are, like, are you going part. to watch um, the 2008 version of Prom Night? Or are you going to watch... Um, I don't know, Goosebumps or Ernest Scared Stupid. Maybe that's more for kids, maybe not teenagers. Yeah. But I don't know. Different ages. There, there are different movies for different, you know, milestones. Like mm. Ernest Scared Stupid, that's when I was like five. What about a movie like, I don't even know if this was PG-13, but a movie like um, Truth or Dare, which I didn't think was great, but... A great that... movie for a high schooler to watch... If they're getting into horror, you know, there mm. are like, there's like the upper echelon of horror movies that you, you should really watch, uh, when you're in college and you're trying to like figure out like, oh, okay, what am I as a horror fan <laughs> or as a person? I'm going to have these young horror fans just skip all the trash and immediately go into but you can't Nightmare on Elm you can't Street, appreciate, maybe Happy Death Day. You can't appreciate the great ones without seeing some really bad ones. And yeah, I, I could saw see that some really bad ones as a child, and I loved them. And mm. I, I feel like you need some bad ones in order to, to appreciate the really great ones. You need the Prom Night 2008s. Okay in order to appreciate the prom night 1980s. Okay, I'm, I would agree with you. You need the bad ones to appreciate the good ones. And sometimes the good ones are not seen as good by the general public, they're mm -hmm. seen as bad. Or maybe uh, they're not seen as good until like, like decades later. But you don't need the lazy ones. And I saw this as a lazy film. <gasps> no. If it was bad, I'd be okay with it. But it's lazy to me. It's. Oh, no. Okay, doing a horror, a slasher with a PG-13 rating, that sounds incredibly hard to me. Okay, I'll tell you why it's lazy. They could have given more backstory. They could have given more motive. They could have given more depth 
okay. um, to the characters. Okay, they could have given more of, um, I don't know, something like an interesting score. I mean, actually, they did have some good songs. So I'm yeah. going to say that um, they could have dialed down the whole like this is a detective story a little mm-hmm. bit um, and maybe they could have lingered on some of these little side characters that seemed really interesting like this um sort of like spoiled rich girl who spent a hundred grand over budget on prom <laughs> like that that sounded cool but they yeah, didn't i know you're right they didn't and what about poor ronnie if you yeah, think about Ron, the Ronnie's friend love group story, that's he, left, he just they just pulls the he pulls the engagement ring out of nowhere and then like, just oh, tosses man. it it's almost like Shoot. a like an afterthought of yeah. a plot point like they could have like lingered on that a little Claire's. it cost 12.99 yeah maybe they could have oh, had man. more like leading up to ronnie's big moment where he he knows he's going to yeah. like propose and everything's going to be great mm-hmm. have a big moment but it, no it was a throwaway yeah, moment it was and I thought with all the technology they were like throwing in, they're like, oh, we have this video yearbook. What if they were going to like uh, do some sort of live feed to YouTube of the crowning of the um, the, the prom queen? Mm-hmm. And maybe Lisa accidentally had her microphone still on and you hear her getting murdered. That would have been amazing. And it's being live streamed. If that happened, I would put it on my shelf in, at the Blockbuster. Okay. If the killer looked like Marilyn Manson and not like third rate Charles Manson, I would put it on my <laughs> shelf at the Blockbuster. Fine. If, if Britney Snow had a really awesome, I'm getting revenge for myself and my and trauma scene. Yeah, totally broken or yeah, had, broken and wild. Yeah, mm-hmm. fighting back, fighting back. Maybe she mauls the the killer, bites yeah. his nose off, Cape Fear style. Yes, I, that's then what I was picturing. Like, shelf. bite his cheek off. I'll get you. Yeah, but, but no, it had none of that. She didn't unravel. She stayed perfect, and she stayed totally contained within her put together persona mm, yeah she needed like a wild out moment but still i would still give it a tiny tiny little corner of blockbuster <laughs> for those pre-teen i have a feeling that you just don't want to lose the debate Fine, i really don't <laughs> i don't want us to have to make different blockbusters because now that's what's going to happen. That's where this debate is ending. This is what we're going to do. We're going to have um, all the real horror fans are going to come over to Hollywood Video, my oh, store. Okay. See, I was thinking the opposite. The... We'll put all the preteen movies in Hollywood Video. <laughs> and then... Actually, you're probably, yeah, you're you're right. Because sadly, Hollywood Video didn't, uh, didn't survive. All right. So but this is like a compromise. Hence. We will put Prom Night 2008 in the Hollywood Video. Okay. And we'll keep 1980 by itself. No, no remake, mm-hmm. but definitely that 1987 sequel in Blockbuster. <laughs> All right. I'm okay with this. All right. I, I will. And yes. Uh, cordially. <laughs> yes. I will actually. Yeah. I'm, I'm good with that. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, okay. All right. Um, well, thank you for, is this, are we wrapping up? <laughs> yeah. Let's, let's wrap up. Let's wrap this up. Uh, thank you everyone for listening to our prom edition version of our first gut to gut episode of gutted and in the comments below please let us know what happened at your prom what would your prom horror movie be like did you like the 2008 remake of prom night do you agree with elise that um it is a good entry level horror movie for teenagers or do you agree with me in that 
people should skip these types of movies and go straight for Nightmare on Elm Street or mm. Child's Play. Yeah. Bring uh, some of the bad ones first to work up to those. What do you think about the disco scene in the 1980s classic Prom Night? Yeah. All right. All right, guys. <laughs> Thanks for listening and uh, happy prom night. This has been an episode of Gutted. Oh.